All right, Ezekiel chapter 12 and verse 21. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, what is that proverb that ye have in the land of Israel, saying, The days are prolonged, and every vision fell it? Tell them, therefore, thus said the Lord God, I will make this proverb to cease, and they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel. But say unto them, The days are at hand, and the effect of every vision. For there shall be no more any vain vision, nor flattering divination within the house of Israel. For I am the Lord, I will speak, and the word that I shall speak shall come to pass. It shall be no more prolonged or delayed. For in your days, O rebellious house, will I say the word and will perform it, said the Lord God. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, behold, they of the house of Israel say, the vision that he seeth is for many days to come, and he prophesied of the times that are far off. Therefore I say unto them, Thus said the Lord God, There shall none of my words be prolonged or put off anymore. But the word which I have spoken shall be done, it shall be performed, said the Lord God. Now, we're teaching, I want to give you some changes that I've, I've made here so that uh, we don't just have a whole lot of CDs in this series. So I've kind of broken it up, and I just want you to be able to record this uh, so you have it in your notes. We're teaching from this, I'm calling it an overall theme now, of the fear of unfulfilled vision, the fear of unfulfilled vision. And technically, uh, today would be lesson number seven. Uh, and so what I'm really doing now, I'm, I'm making... Uh, lesson six and lesson seven, which actually is going to become our lesson one and lesson two, a part of the second volume. Because we're dealing with the principles of, of vision, understanding the principles of vision. There are a lot of principles we need to share. And if I just continue like I am, then we're going we're to end up with maybe 15, 16 CDs. And, and we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. So I'm entitling this. This is volume two. And today is lesson number two, and the sub under that is going to be the principles of vision. We're talking about the principles of vision. Now, the objective is going to be the same, and that is to equip you in faith and wisdom and get you focused in fulfilling your dreams and manifesting the visions of your heart. All of us have dreams, we have visions, we have heart's desires. And we have things in the Word of God that we desire to see manifest in our lives. And so we've been talking about these five major obstacles of unfulfilled vision, and not just talking about them, but finding out what we needed to do in order to overcome these obstacles so that things can manifest in my life. So in volume one, we covered obstacles number one, two, three, and four. Obstacle one was becoming restricted by faith uh, by fear rather than releasing your faith for your vision and for your dream. Obstacle two was not developing your gift to help facilitate that vision that God has given you. Obstacle number three is not understanding the nature of vision, and the nature of vision is that vision must be specific. That's the nature of vision. And then obstacle four was not recognizing the cost of vision, which is diligence. Diligence is the cost of vision. And so now we're in volume two, 
and we're in lesson two, and now we're dealing with obstacle number five, obstacle number five, and that's not knowing or understanding the principles of vision, not knowing or understanding the principles of vision. Turn with me in your Bibles. Let's go back to Joshua chapter number one, Joshua chapter number one. Did you come to learn this morning? Okay, good. Joshua chapter number one, this is God talking to Moses. He says in verse five, that shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail you and I will not forsake you. Now, here's what I want you to get first thing this morning. Th there is nothing, there is no one that can stop you from getting to the destiny that God has designed for you. That's good news now. That there's nothing or no one, no circumstance, no situation. You, you are the only one that can stop you from getting to the place that God has for you. But he says to Joshua, no man will be able to stand before you. It doesn't matter who he is. No man, no circumstance, no situation will be able to stand before you. In other words, will be able to hinder you all the days of your life. Just like I was with Moses, how you saw me deliver Moses. I'm going to be there, and I'm making a commitment to deliver you the same way. He says to him, I will not fail you. Say, God will not fail me. Say it again, God will not fail me. And he says, I will not forsake you. Say, God will never leave me. So God is going to be with you just like he was with Moses. So you'll be able to get to the place you desire to be at in your marriage. You'll be able to get to the place you desire to be at in business. You'll be able to get to the place you desire to be at in your career. You'll be able to get wherever you need to be financially. Why? Because God is with you. And God will not fail you. Not only will God not fail you, God is never going to leave you. Amen? Just like he was with Moses, so shall he be with you. Amen? So you got you to gotta receive that for your household, just like God was with Moses, so shall he be with the parents. Amen? Now you put your house there. Say, just like God was with Moses, so shall he be with the parents. See, put your name in there. Now, but, but now notice what he says to Joshua. Joshua, I need your commitment to principles. I need you to make principles a practice. And if you would make principles a practice, if you would keep my laws, my precepts, my statutes, my instructions, if you would keep my commandments, if you would keep my principles, he said, for you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Now, folks, that's on you. You will make your way prosperous. He didn't say God will make your way prosperous. He said you will make your way prosperous. Why? Because you're, you're, you're operating in principles. And when you operate in principles, things will happen as a result of principle. Amen. It's not about where you're from. It's not about who you know. It's about the principles that you apply. And he says, you'll make your way prosperous in verse 9. He says, and you will have good success because principles help you and I deal wisely in life and it brings us great success. Amen. Now, so we talked about principle number one. We started talking about that. I want to finish principle one up today. Principle number one 
is being clear in your vision. Being clear in your vision. Being clear in your vision, being clear concerning your dream, being clear concerning your heart's desire, being clear about what you're believing for from the Word of God. And we said that, that a law is an established principle and it works for whoever gets involved with it without prejudice. Laws and principles are not prejudiced. They'll work for you. And so these principles we're going to be talking about, they're designed to protect, to preserve, and to produce the fulfillment of your dream, your, your vision, or the desire that's in your heart. Now, we discovered that clarity, say clarity. clarity. Say it again, clarity. clarity. Clarity drives and motivates our actions and brings about acceleration into our lives. We use the analogy of driving down the expressway and the fog is there. And when the fog is there, we slow down. We're still moving and sometimes it can get so bad we'd have to pull over. But we don't throw the vision away. We don't throw the dream away. We don't throw where we're headed away. We just pull over momentarily or we slow down momentarily, but then once that fog lifts, or once we have clarity now, a vision, we can go on and accelerate to where we're going, all right? And so, and so what vision does, what clarity does, it brings, about, it brings about acceleration when we are clear in our vision. We looked at the life of Jesus and clarity in Jesus' life. It, it, it caused this rise of this sense of attention and focus in his life. So when you're clear in your vision, you lessen the temptation of being distracted by non-essentials. Non-essentials. Non-essential, these are things that are unnecessary in your life. It could be a person. A person can be a non-essential. Didn't say they don't have worth, they don't have value. They could be a non-essential for where you going. So it could be a person, it could be a thing, it could be a habit, it could be an activity, it could even be certain conversations that you engage in that become non-essentials for your life. And so when you get clear in your vision, then you're able to eliminate non-essentials from your life. Now, I want to, in, in Nehemiah chapter 2, let's look at this and, and let's look at this question that was asked to Nehemiah from the king. He asked him a question. I think we, our last time together, we, we kind of got off here and, and ended and, and kind of went to the end of our teaching with this question. In Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse number 4, look what he says. He said, Then the king said unto me, For what doest thou make request? For what doest thou make request? Now, we don't talk like that today. You know, you don't walk up to somebody and say, For what doest thou make it request? We don't take and talk in, in these and thou's and King James, 16th century, King James English. We don't talk like that today, right? And so what he was really saying is, what do you want? Now, from my neighborhood, he was saying, what you want? <laughs> you didn't know chew was a word. What you want? What you doing? <laughs> All right. <laughs> But, but he's saying, what do you want? He said, for what doest thou make request? What do you want? He's asking him a great question here that, that people cannot, cannot 
serve you, people cannot help you or assist you beyond your request. Go to the bank tomorrow and you want to get money out, but you never, never know what you want to do. Just go up to the counter and just stand there. <laughs> and, and they're going to ask you, now they ask you, what do you want? But they say it like this, how may I help you? They're basically saying, what do you want? But their training is, how may I help you? How may I assist you? They're asking you, what do you want? Okay? Now, just don't say anything. Well, see, they're not going to be able to help you. They're not going to be able to assist you. Now, there's a man now that can assist you. He's wearing a little uniform. <laughs> and if you don't hurry up and make your request known yeah. unto the teller, they got ways of signaling him, let him know it's time for his ministry to kick in. <laughs> all right. Now you, you, so you, so you, you understand what I'm saying? You go buy a car. It's the same thing, people, all the way across the board. A car, a house, you know, they're going to ask you, how may I help you? You know, what, what do you want? What do you want? And that's what the king is asking Nehemiah. What do you want? The Message Bible says that, what do you want? So we have to define what it is that we want. We have to become clear about what we want. What do you want out of this marriage relationship? What do you want out of your relationship with your children? What do you want out of your career? What do you want? Because, see, there are some things God can't do until you become clear in your request. Amen. Jesus asked a man who was blind, what do you want? Yeah. What do you want? He asked a man who was laying at the, at, at the pool for 38 years, will you be made whole? Do you want to be healed? What, what do you want? You've been here 38 years. What do you want? Right, right. What do you want? Amen. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2. I mean, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. And let's look at verse number, number 6. Philippians 4 and verse number 6. And in Philippians 4, verse number 6, we'll see where he talks about letting the peace of God guard your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus when we, when we make our request. And look what he says here in, in, in verse number 6. Be careful for nothing. Don't, don't be anxious. Don't live your life in worry. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by what? Prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving, let your what? Be made what? Be made known unto God. The Amplified said, continue to make your wants known to God. Make your wants known to God. Amen. See, we've been, we have been, we've been trained and taught to let our needs be made known to God. But, you know, we, we're almost kind of afraid to approach God with what we want. But the scripture says, let your request, what you want, be made known unto God. And look what he goes on to say, and, now and is a conjunction, so it joins what we just read. He said, and, or this is the result, he said, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard or keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Jesus. 
I made my request known to God. I've been clear about what it is that I want, and now peace comes in. And what peace does is guard what I believe. See, I've asked for it. I believe I'm supposed to have this. So peace comes in and guards that. But then it guards my mind when it looked like it's not going to happen and I'm about to faint, peace lifts me up to let me know it's on the way. You believe God for it, you asked him for it, and you have the petitions that you desired of him. See, you have the petitions that you desired, you desired of him. So God has no problem with the things that you want. Amen. So you need to be clear about what it is that you want. Amen? Amen? And that is the very first principle to vision. The very first principle of vision, if vision is going to manifest in your life, you have to get, you have to get clear. Now, um, let's go to, let's go to Exodus 14. Could look at some other things, but I want to, I really want to push forward in this service because there are some places I want to get today that I believe the Lord really wants to just just kind of imprint some things into your heart today with this word. Because I don't know about you, I don't want to be pregnant all the time. You follow me? You know, a woman conceives, and, you know, all things being natural, uh, she's going to carry that baby about nine months. Right? Now... 10 months, 11 months, a year. I think an elephant take what? A year? A year? An elephant take a year? Is that right? All right, don't just be saying stuff now. It's on tape. What's your name? Tierra said. <laughs> an elephant take about two years. Right? A chicken take 21 days, I think. 21 days for a chicken. But now, you know, you don't want to be pregnant forever. You don't want to just be carrying that dream around forever because if she carried that thing around just forever, it starts out being a baby. The baby, you know, it's a girl, it's a boy, you know, the baby. After a while, it becomes a thing. <laughs> oh, I'm ready to get this thing, got my back hurting, this, this thing. Look how this thing got me looking, you know. So, well, now, see, she ready to get it out of her. Now, you are pregnant with dream. You're pregnant with vision. How long are you going to carry that around? At some point, there need to be some kind of manifestation in your life. Yeah. Amen? Now, in Exodus, so I want to encourage you this morning to go forward. It doesn't matter what your circumstance is, what your situation may be. It doesn't matter what you're having to face in life. Go forward. And even if you have to go forward by faith, still go forward. Don't quit. Don't just stand there and complain. Go forward. Don't just sit there and act like it's over because it's not over. Don't sit there and act like you're hopeless and without hope because you have the blessed hope of glory on the inside of you. And so I want to say to you this morning, go forward. It doesn't matter about what you're facing. Go forward. Use your faith to go forward. And let's look at uh, Moses because that's what happened with Moses in chapter number, 
uh, chapter number 14, because too many people, they live in the past. So true. Amen. So true. And you are never going to step into your future holding on to your past. If all you can talk about is your past, folks, that only means one thing. You have great memory. But when you talk about your future, that means you got great imagination. Yes, yes. And too many of us, we're strengthening our memory. Because vision, get this statement, vision is not recapturing good old days. Vision is looking ahead and creating days that have not existed. And too many folk are trying to recapture good old days. Amen. And so, you know, I, I had a guy, a guy I grew up with. Guy I grew up with, good guy, great, great guy. Grew up with him, and man, I was, you know, teenage years and young adult years. You know, man, we spent a whole lot of time together. We got in a lot of stuff together. And a couple of years ago, uh, he, he came around and came to see me and, you know, and went to my house and, and all of this. And, and, you know, he was really... I think he was, you know, we, we were trying to reconnect, you know, just trying to, you know, it's your boy, y'all grew up together and from the old neighborhood and we were trying to connect and, and, but you know, there was no way I could connect because I was in a different place where I was trying to go forward. And he was still trying, he was trying to recapture a, a lot of the good old days and, and, and how it used to be. And now, now, that's not the problem. The problem was when I realized he hadn't moved. He was stuck. He was still in a place, and he was trying to bring me back to that place. And so it was in his conversation. It was, it was, it was, it was, just, it was just so much about it that spoke to, okay, this is a guy that is still where y'all used to be, and he's trying to go back there and take you with him. I had to realize, okay, this guy, now he's not a bad guy, don't misunderstand me, but I had to realize, okay, this guy is a non-essential for where I'm trying to go. That's all that means. He's, not, he's a great guy. But he, he's a non-essential for where I'm trying to go. And so I was trying to hook up, trying to plug in, but there was no socket for me to plug into. And I wasn't about to get an adapter to try to make it work. And that's, that's what's wrong with too many, too many folks. You got too many adapters in your life where you got to adapt and adjust just to try to make something work that, that, that God done said it's over, but you're trying to start it all up all over again. Let's go. Where I tell you to go? Okay, go to Nehemiah. Go to Nehemiah chapter... chapter... Uh, Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse number 2. Are you, are you there? 6 and 2? Read it. Then Sambali, come on, y'all. Y'all you know, need to get some iPads or, 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 or get, get something now because y'all holding up the train. It's time to go forward. Get your iPad with a ribbon. <laughs> All right, watch this. Verse number 2 said that Sambalat and, and Geshem, 
sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. See, they were trying to hook up with him, but it wasn't for good. They wanted to do him mischief. And watch this. And I sent messages unto them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Watch the question he asked. Why should the work cease? Whilst I leave it and come down to you? Boy, that's direct. He said, look, I'm, do, I'm, I'm doing, a, he said, man, I'm, I'm doing a great work. I'm at a good place in my life. I, I didn't got my life together. You know, I'm working on my, my marriage. I'm working on my family. Man, I've been doing better in my credit. I, I'm trying to get me a house. You know, I'm getting out of the apartment. I'm, I'm doing a great work. And, and you got to watch the Sambalats and the Gishams that are trying to come back into your life, trying to pull you down from doing the great work that you've been doing and things you've been working on for the past five years, two years, or last year. It's always somebody in your life that's trying to get you to stop. See, they're not working. They're not doing anything. They're not working on it. They're not working on their marriage. They're not working on their relationship. They're not working on their career. They're not trying to better themselves. And so they'll come and try to stop you. Want you to come down and give attention to them. Those are non-essentials. He said, but I can't, I can't do it. Now look at verse 4. Verse 4 said, yet they sent unto me four times after this saw, and I answered them after the same manner. I ain't coming down. Ain't coming down. Every time I hook up with you, something happens. Every time I hook up with you, I end up going backwards. Every time I, I hook up with you, you know, my wife always asking me all these questions every time I'm around you. Come on. When I'm around you, my wife always sniffing my clothes and all that, trying to see where I've been when I'm around you. Not my wife, I'm just teaching, just. <laughs> Amen? Amen? But non-essentials, people that are trying to stop you from doing a good work. And some of you, you have made great strides. You've been doing good. You've been getting your life together. You've been going forward. And you keep coming down off the wall, giving time and attention to non-essential people. And set you back another two months, set you back another two years. Amen. Amen. You've been saving money and trying to move forward and get you a home for your family, and now you've saved up your money, and somebody got word you got a little stash. So true. And here they come with their non essential self. <laughs> you got to let them know, no, I'm, do I'm doing good right now. And I can't, no, I'm not co-signing this time. The last time I co-signed, me and my wife ended up paying. I am not co-signing no more. I'm not coming down. I'm doing a great work. I'm doing good. Amen. Amen. Tell them, say, I'm going forward. Say it again, I'm going forward. See, you got to make up your mind. That has to be a decision to go forward. You cannot get hung up with non-essentials. Just not people, but non-essential places. Non-essential things, non-essential activities. Amen. Non-essential conversations. 
You cannot get caught up in that because you'll set your life back. You got to make a decision to go forward. And your future is a whole lot more greater than your past. You think you've experienced it. Even if your past has been good, it ain't compared to the future that God has for you. There's much more for you in your future, but you got to get away from your past. Matter of fact, the scripture said when God creates a new thing in your life, the old won't even come into mind. You won't even be thinking about the old stuff when God creates something new in your life. See, God is not about you recapturing the good old days. He's about you creating days that have never existed before. Because if I recapture the good old days, I can only have the joy I used to have. But I want a joy I ain't experienced before. I want a feeling I ain't experienced before. I want an opportunity I've never experienced before. So I got to create new days that have never existed before. I want to be able to say, man, I never experienced anything like this before. I've never been to a restaurant like this before. Man, I didn't even know this was out here. I've never driven anything that ride like this. See, you want something new. You don't want just the money you used to have. Amen. Now watch this now. Now we can go to Exodus. <laughs> Let's go to Exodus. Exodus chapter 14. Man, I need about three hours with y'all. Y'all good? Y'all got anywhere to go today? Look at Charlotte. Now, how's she going to raise it? Where you going? Oh, she got to go cook for me. Yeah, that's right. That's what that is. That's what that is. I already know what that is. I already know what that is, Todd. <laughs> Your wife cooked today? I'm cooking. You cooking. All right, that's good. That's good. Oh, let me give you this dollar I got. <laughs> that's good. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Now watch this. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which the Lord will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will see them again no more, forever. The Lord's going to fight for you. Hold your peace. So watch the words that come out of your mouth. He says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore cried thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Now no notice what he said. Why are you crying to me? Go forward. Yeah, but, 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 but the Egyptians and Pharaoh and his host, they coming behind us. Why are you crying to me? Go forward. Yeah, but the Red Sea is right there. Go forward. You don't think I see the sea? Go forward. Yeah, but we got, we got mountains on either side. You know, what you want us to do? Go forward. Now, how do you, how do you go forward when everything around you suggests you can't go forward, you do it like they did it according to Hebrews 11:29, and they crossed the Red Sea by faith. You go forward by your faith. If you can't do anything else in the natural, you keep your faith out there. 
You do it by faith. You do it by faith. You do it with the words of your mouth. You do it by believing what the word of God said. You do it by believing you receive those things you ask God for. You got to do it by faith. If you can't do it right now in the natural, you do it by faith. See, some things you buy, you buy twice. Number one, you buy it with your heart. Then number two, you buy it in the natural. You got to buy it with your heart first. Make the purchase in your heart first. Do it by faith first. Well, we got a bad marriage. Okay, go ahead and fix it by your faith first. Go forward. Fix it by your faith. Go forward. Pay the house off by your faith first. See, you got to go forward by your faith first. God never said, oh, I see why you can't go forward. Yeah, there is a Red Sea there. (laughs) I see why you can't go forward. No, he says, go forward. Stop crying to me. Stop complaining. Stop bickering. Stop making your problem bigger than me. And just shut your mouth and go forward. I told you to hold your peace. Now that translated, shut your mouth. Because a lot of us, we're saying the wrong thing. And you're going to have what you say. If you say you can't go forward, guess what? You're not going to be able to go forward. If you say you can't pay it, guess what? You're not going to be able to pay it. You do it by faith first. That's the way you do it, man. Let's look at, I want to give you seven results in my closing moments of clear vision. When your vision is clear, seven results of clear vision. You got to get your vision clear. Men, you got to get the vision for the house clear. Got to get it clear. Those of you who are in management, get the vision clear for the department, get it clear. Business owners, get it clear. Those of you who are employed for someone, you're working for someone, it needs to be clear why you're there. Amen. Amen? So in Luke 11, verse 34, Luke 11 and verse 34. I love Luke 11, 34. It says, the light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thy eye is what? Single. Say single. What happens? The whole body also is what? Full of light. When is the body full of light? When the eye is single. Now this word single, it means concentrated. It means focus. But I like what the New American Standard Bible says. New American Standard Bible says, when the eye is clear. When the eye is clear, then the body is full of light. Light See, when your eye is clear, would you agree with with this statement? When your eye is clear, there are things you can recognize. Some things you can't recognize because your eye is not clear. But now when your eye is clear, see, some people don't recognize opportunity because their eye is not clear. Some people don't recognize an advantage when they have one because their eye is not clear. Some people don't realize how good they have it because their eye is not clear. Some of your kids, some teenagers, you know, maybe your kid don't recognize how blessed they are because they are not clear. But he says when the eye is clear, you don't recognize opportunities when your eye is not clear. You don't recognize when someone's good for you or when someone is not good for you if your eye is not clear because your body won't have light. Light is wisdom. 
It's revelation. It's illumination. It's understanding. And when your eye is clear, the more clearer your eye is, the more wisdom you have for your life. But if your eye is not clear, you don't recognize a good thing when you see one. When your eye is not clear. When you don't see people for who they are. Then you'll let people in your life that shouldn't be in your life and folk that need to be in your life, you put them out of your life. Why? Because you can't see clear anyway. All right, let me move forward. Number one, clear vision. These are the results of clear vision. Clear vision builds morale in others. Clear vision builds morale in others. Acts 16, 9 and 10, you can just write it down. When Paul saw the vision, immediately we, the people that were with him, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, surely gathering that God had called us to preach the gospel unto them. Right. Now, they got excited. They had drive because Paul made his vision clear. And when your vision is clear, it, it builds drive and others are ready to go because they got the vision. You made the vision clear. So now that's why the Bible said they can run with it. Why? Because it's been made clear. It's been made clear. Amen? You go to a job, they hire you, and, you know, it's your first day. You just kind of stand around because you really don't know what to do. And then someone sit down and talk with you and let you know what your responsibilities are, what you're supposed to be doing, da 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 Now, when you leave that meeting, you leave that running, going to work. Why? They made it clear. All right? And so a lot of times, it's not that the wife is just rebellious and she don't want to support and she just, it's not that she's always like her mother. <laughs> See, brother said, I ain't messing with that, Pastor. You might, well, you might well go on over there on that side with that. I ain't fooling with that. Sometimes you've just not made the vision clear, don't know where you're going. Following somebody who's driving that don't know where they're going, and you following them. And, 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 you know, your drive is different when you discover they don't know where they're going. <laughs> you think they're turning, but they're really turning around. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they pass you by, you like. <laughs> now, notice your drive. Notice your drive changes. Got it? So when you're clearing your vision, it brings drive and morale to others, confidence to others. They're confident in where you're going and in what you're doing. Number two, number two, clear vision reduces frustration. Clear vision reduces frustration. A lot of people are frustrated because they don't know where they're going. They don't know what they want. They just know they don't want what they have, but they don't know what they want. They know they don't want to be where they are, but they don't know where they want to be. Well, what you want? I don't know what I want. I just, I just don't want to be here. Well, where you want to be? I don't know where I want to be. I just know I don't want to be here. <laughs> and it's frustrating because clear vision, it eliminates and reduces frustration from your life. Number three, clear vision allows concentration. It allows concentration. People are able to concentrate. The Apostle Paul, when he says, um, uh, this one thing I do, Another translation, today's English translation says this, I'm bringing all my energies to bear on this one thing. Concentrate. Able to concentrate on, many, on one thing when your vision is clear. Number four, clear vision attracts cooperation. When your vision is clear, you get cooperation. Now, I want to illustrate something for you. 
Um, come here, Jared. I want you to stand right here, facing the congregation. Now just kind of read that. Come here, Jackie. So make sure you read those instructions. Pastor Bond. Raymond. Make sure you read the instructions. Come here, Francis. Purify. Okay, come right here, Purify. Make sure y'all read those instructions. Now go to Ezra. Ezra. That's in your Bible. <laughs> Ezra, chapter 10, verse 4. Arise, for this matter belongeth unto thee. We also will be with thee. Be of good courage and do it. Now here's what the Living Bible says. Take courage and tell us how to proceed in setting things straight, and we will fully cooperate. He said, just tell us what to do, and we're going to cooperate. All right? Okay. Y'all ready? Yep. You read the instruction? Yes, sir. Okay. Here come the first one. One, two, three. Praise, Praise the Lord. Lord. Okay. Y'all look at each one of them. Let's do that again. Same one, same one. We'll do the same one. One, two, three. Praise, Praise the Lord. Lord. What? <laughs> okay, don't pay him no money. Okay. We're ready for the next one. Read your instruction. Ready for the next one. Now, he said, tell us what to do, and you'll have full cooperation from us. All right? We're ready for the second one. One, two, three. Boy, you always got a, a brother who don't, I tell you. Now, that's your husband. And y'all got a child on the way. <laughs> Okay, we're ready for the third one. One, two, three. <laughs> we're ready for the last one. All right, we're ready for the last one, okay? I, I should have brought my flash cards. One, two, three. Okay, thank you. Now, here's the point. That I gave all of them instructions. Their instructions were clear. His is not. He has instructions. It says, Pastor, we will repeat this process four times, and each time, on the count of three, you will follow the instructions below. <laughs> it says, first, because I think the first time they're supposed to say, praise the Lord. Yours say, the May when he called. Second time, it say, 
one, two, three. I think they'll say, turn around and with your back to the congregation. Yours say, Jesus rock land weary. <laughs> Third time, they go up the step and raise their left hand. Yours say, he knocked when gone and by. <laughs> so you can't do that. Fourth time, they just mark time. Yours say, trials may did. I can y'all, y'all. You don't even know what that say, do <laughs> Now, could this be the reason why you're not getting cooperation? Could it be that you've not been clear in your vision? And those that, because scripture's clear, God always raises up people to help you, but maybe they can't help you because you've not been clear with those who have been sent to help you. Because I never said anything to them. They simply followed the instruction. And as a result of following the instruction, they did exactly what they were instructed to do. But this man, I mean, it was not, this man is gifted, he's talented, he wanna cooperate, he's not disobedient, he's not a rebellious guy. But it just wasn't clear on what you want me to do. Amen. Thank you so much. Come on, let's give, give the Lord a hand. Number five, tell you, if you're sitting next to your wife, say, babe, I'm going to be more clear. I said, tell her. <laughs> and don't you be sitting there talking about, hmm. <laughs> that ain't the spirit of God either. Talking about, hmm, hmm, all right, yeah. For about two weeks, then you're going to go back to being you. That ain't, you ain't going forward. Okay, I gotta, I gotta finish. Let me give you this. Number five, clear vision attracts favor and provision. Clear vision, when you are clear in your vision, it will attract favor and provision. Because Nehemiah was clear in his vision. The king gave him favor. And he, he provided for him. The king gave him letters and said, you take this letter and, and you give it to these people and they're going to give you all the timber you need to rebuild the city, to rebuild the walls. You're going to have everything you need. Why? Because he was clear. But if he wasn't clear, how can the king help him? You've got to be clear in your vision because it attracts favor and provision when you're clear. You never know. Some of you say and somebody say, oh, I, uh, oh I, I got one of them. I can be a blessing to you with that. You know what? I got, you don't even have to buy one. I got one I'll give you. All because you were clear. Number six. Clear vision, I love this, keeps expectation alive in you. Clear vision keeps expectation alive in you. You don't let your expectation die when you have clear vision. Because you know what your end look like. See, vision, what vision does, vision says where I am is not where I'm going to always be. And so I got to keep expectation alive in me. And I do that through clear vision. And then finally, number five, number seven, clear vision enables you to endure and look beyond present circumstances. It enables you to endure and look beyond present 
circumstances. A guy who can't see beyond where they are is a guy who doesn't have clear vision because clear vision causes you to see beyond where you are. Yeah, I may be in the apartment now, but I know where I'm going. I may be paying rent now, but I know where I'm going. I may be working for somebody now, but I know where I'm going. Are you listening to me? Yeah, the wife and I, we, you know, it, it's bad right now, but I, I know where we're going. Amen. I may be borrowing right now, but my goal and my vision is debt freedom. And you got to keep that expectation alive on the inside of you. And you got to make sure that you see beyond where you are when you make your vision clear. Because I'm telling you now, if it's not clear to you, it's not clear to anybody else around you. Amen? Come on, give the Lord a hand.